0: And welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Today, we are looking at one of the heroes in the faith, Moses. We're going to look at his life as we do when we're talking about heroes, a lot of times we think of a hero as like a Chuck Norris or um, you know a John Wayne. Um, somebody help me out with a hero. What's a, What's that? Oh, Bruce Lee. Yeah, Sonia, you got to talk a little louder. I mean, I can't even believe I have to tell you that, right? Uh, a mom, a dad, a coach, a, a, a teacher, somebody like that. Superman, um, Harriet Tubman, right? I mean thinking of people that do these extraordinary things, and generally we think of them as someone who's perfect, who's strong, who rises to the challenge, you know, who saves the damsel in distress, takes no reward for the work and for the suffering that they go through, and then they ride off into the sunset, right? That's kind of how we think of a hero. But when we read the Bible, we see something a little bit differently. And when you do life, you know that everybody's got some kind of challenge in their life. One of the things I love about the scriptures um, when we uh, receive the stories, David, Joshua, Moses, Abraham, the Lord gives us the good and the bad. And I'm just really thankful that God doesn't hide the dysfunction, you know, David peering down on Bathsheba. We, 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 he shows us that Moses had the this problem stuttering reluctant leader all of these things and i'm encouraged by that you know i think we're encouraged by our hero's dysfunction the challenges the problems but we are inspired by their faith that's what we're looking at today we're looking at moses faith now as we're talking about this and we're talking about life and how it applies to us i want you to understand today that you are faced with a choice You are faced with a choice. Who are you going to believe? Who are you going to obey? Are you going to believe the word of the Lord? Or are you going to believe whatever is a latest word from the culture? Which one are you gonna believe? Which one are you going to obey? That's going to determine how your life plays out. Last week, we talked about Christian greatness. This is a part of it. Christian greatness isn't about you being great. Christian greatness is about being in the one who is great and walking out our journey, God helping us every step of the way. But when the rubber meets the road, are we going to believe and obey the Lord? Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read... um, Starting in verse 23, we'll see how far we get. It was by faith, say that with me, by faith. Come on, really good, by faith. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child. Other translations say a beautiful child. Now every mom and dad thinks that their children are beautiful. Dr. Crafton, and I've been in enough hospital rooms when uh, babies had just recently been delivered, and I've looked at enough babies to know they aren't always beautiful. I mean, they come out with a cone head and slimy and naked, and they're looking all crazy, and usually they grow out of it. <laughs> This is not what, this is not what Moses' parents were saying, that that this baby was unusual or beautiful from a physical standpoint, even though they were saying that. Yes, this is our baby. This is a beautiful baby. What they were saying is that this baby was a child of destiny. This Baby was a child of purpose. Let me tell you, destiny, purpose is a beautiful thing when it rests on a person. And let me tell you, if you are created in the image of God, which every human being that is walking is created in the image of God. May not be walking in God's purpose. May not be in relationship with the Lord. But let me tell you, there is so much purpose on this room. If we rose to half of the purpose and destiny that God had placed on us, this city would be forever changed. Moses was a unusual child and because of this listen to what the bible says they were not afraid because of that they were not afraid to disobey the king's command now what was the king's command the pharaoh's command this is in in egypt israel the hebrew children they were in bondage and slavery this has happened several times Uh, to the Jews not only in the scriptures but after the scriptures we see that the Jews were in bondage in Babylon Jeremiah 29 one of my favorite passages in the Bible we see that the Jews were in bondage in Egypt and we see that that gives rise to Daniel to Shadrach Meshach Abednego all kinds of leaders coming out of that we have Nehemiah coming out of that a lot of the minor prophets coming out of that they were in bondage in Egypt And the king had commanded or had decreed that all of the male children under the age of two were to be killed now this is just really interesting to me i see this a number of times in the scriptures like this really incredible kind of turn of events because while the Hebrew boys under the age of two were to be killed in Egypt in slavery. When Jesus was born, Herod decreed that all of the boys under the age of two would be killed, and Jesus and his family fled to Egypt. This is quite some time later. Uh, look, I'm, just, I'm going off my notes here, but this also happened with the Tower of Babel. We see the Tower of Babel was being built, the languages were unified, and God said, we gotta do something about this, talk Father, Son, the Holy Spirit responding, and they go down and confound the languages. And then in the book of Acts, we see that the Holy Spirit falls, and the disciples go out speaking, those that were in the upper room went out speaking, so that everyone, no matter where they came from, all over the world, could hear the gospel being presented in their own language so god unified language this is interesting this happens several times old testament and new testament it's a type and shadow it's a it's a taste of what is to come so the king decrees this well he didn't start there Jalil, he didn't start there. Where he started was he looked and they had taken in, uh, conquered Israel, taken the, uh, their people into the Jewish people into slavery, and then they started having lots of babies. And the population of the Hebrews were growing so much that the Pharaoh said, we ca- I got to do something about this because they are going to outnumber us. And so he increased the workload. He made it more difficult to make the bricks and the mortars and worked them earlier and kept them later and thinking that if all they had time to do was to work, they wouldn't have time to reproduce and to recreate. But it didn't work. They just kept having babies. Now, I think one of the reasons was was because they took their homes they took their possessions they took their destiny they took their future they took their 401ks they took everything that they had invested and all they had left was their family so if they didn't reproduce in their family they didn't have anything and it's amazing when you you have two choices when you lose everything you can either lean into your family or you can run away from your family I'll tell you what, it's an amazing thing, beautiful thing when you face difficulty and your family tightens. This is what was happening with Israel. But also something that happened is they were carrying out the command that God gave them, the directive that God gave them at creation. What were they told at creation? To be fruitful and multiply. Now, for all the young families in here, young couples, young married couples, young married couples, you're talking about, you know, wanting to have a baby. And you're thinking, when I, when I get enough in the bank or when, when I get a house or when I get fill in the blank, there's always something, right? There's always something. Listen, you will never have enough money to afford a kid. You might as well just go ahead and have one. At least you get the tax deduction at that point. Now diapers are expensive, all those things, but we got some small groups that'll help with diapers and that sort of thing. Pathway Church, be fruitful and multiply. I want us to, the church to grow not only from evangelism, but I want you to bring some kids into the world. Amen? That's good stuff. I love doing baby dedications. We got some grandparents waiting to happen around here. They want to have some, some kids, right? So this is what was happening in Israel and then Pharaoh or in Egypt. And Pharaoh said, Man, these jokers, they are not slowing down. They're outpacing us. Our, our birth rate is not keeping up with our death rate, but the Hebrew children are multiplying. Here's what we're gonna do we're gonna kill all the firstborn male children. And Jacobed and Amron, Moses' father and mother, They were faced with a dilemma, and they decided that they had enough faith that they would disobey the king's command. Now, I didn't notice this in my study. I have never noticed this before. I've read Hebrews chapter 11 so many times. I only realized this in the middle of my message on Thursday night at airport campus, and that is that Moses wasn't the only one in his family that was listed in the hall of faith. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Boy, this is an awesome thing. We think of all the things that Moses did, but praise the Lord for Moses' parents in the hall of faith. You know, your greatest contribution to this world and your greatest contribution to the kingdom might not be something you do. It might be someone you raise. And so by faith, don't be afraid to take a stand when the culture is pressing, when your children are pressing, when the whole world is pressing. Say, I don't care what you're teaching in school. I don't care what you've got on the news. I don't care what the neighbors are doing. I don't care what your friends are doing. But as long as you live under this roof, as long as you eat my food, you sit at this table, and my dad, as long as you breathe my air, we're gonna serve the Lord. You're gonna go by the rules in this house, right? (laughs) By faith. That has to be by faith because as you all know that children, when they are born and they start growing up, the first career path they begin to take is that of an attorney. They can argue with you about anything and win. <laughs> by faith, we are believing for the future of our children. This is what Amron and Jacobed said. By faith. This is the home The family Moses was born into, he was born into a faith-filled home. Were any of you born into a faith-filled home like that? Daddy, I don't wanna go to church today. Do I have to go to church today? No, baby, you don't have to go to church. You get to go to church. One of those kinds of hold. Anybody ever have a home like that? Any of you grew up in a home where you fell asleep under a pew during a revival service somewhere? any of you get locked in the church? Did anybody, really, did anybody, but I'm sorry, Blake is generational, me too. <laughs> Patrick, did you get locked in the church? Any, anybody over at the airport get locked into the church? You're a church kid. You had a drug problem. You were drugged to church your whole life. Faith-filled home. Faith-filled home. It's important that we have a faith-filled home. In fact, here's the lesson I want you to get. If you want your kids to have faith in them your kids have to see faith in you it's not just about coming to church they need to see you more as less as a car in a garage you know less as a person in a church but more as a person with the church in them with jesus in them they gotta see what you're telling them do as i say not as i do does not work it doesn't work When they get old enough and big enough they'll call you a hypocrite they'll reject what you're saying listen that's probably going to happen to just about everybody because just about everybody has to have their own faith confrontation to make that faith theirs but get it on the inside of you it may not it may not be perfect in you but it needs to be welling up in you. It needs to be something that you're building. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? you say, Pastor, I agree. That Say amen, right? Let's get that. So now here's what I want my family to see in me, what I believe so many of you want your family to see in, in, um, in you. I want my family to see me in the house of the Lord. Pastor, aren't you nervous telling people to start to come to church? Aren't you nervous telling people to tithe? Aren't you nervous to tell people? No, I'm not. This is what I'm born to do. Well, pastor, were you preaching about me today? No, I just stuck a gun down in a hole and fired. If I hit you, you were just in the way. That's all that happened. You know, I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to look at people I love and to say Jesus is the ideal, we're to follow him. If you're not following him, repent, ask him to save you and follow him. If you're good enough and you don't need Jesus, man, I really want to get to know you, but everybody I have ever met in my life has some problems that need dealing with in Jesus. And if you have kept your problems wrapped nicely and neatly in a respectable little package then you've just succeeded in doing what the pharisees did and here's what jesus said about the pharisees that you are whitewashed sepulchers you look good on the outside but you're deaf on the inside actually he went on and said you're a brood of vipers that's pretty rough look here's what i know all of us need saving (laughs) All of it. If you don't need saving, it's because God's already saved you. But I know this This is how it's worked for me. He has saved me. He is saving me. And one day I will be fully saved. Because there's still some room from here to here for me to grow and mature and be conformed into the image of Christ Jesus. There are some things Travis has to fight every day of my life. Hey, let's just be fighting it. Our kids need to see us go to church. I want my kids to see, see us serve. You know, I, I want my kids to see us tithe and give. Since the day Kelly and I married, we've been tithing. And let me just tell you, I wouldn't have married a tither. I mean, I wouldn't have married a non-tither. I wouldn't have married somebody that, I. And, and man, I just need to talk to our young people. Don't do missionary dating, please don't. The people will tell you anything you want to hear at that stage of your walk. Listen, Jocelyn and Asia and Courtney and Gavin, all of you guys that are in here, all of our young everybody under 25 that's not married yet, go ahead and raise your hand. Just airport, go ahead and raise your hand. Do that really good. Well, this is a good time to be looking around if you're not, by the way, if you're not married, now's a good time to be looking around, right? (laughs) Find somebody that is more in love with Jesus than they are in the idea of you. That they will follow Jesus whether they've got you or not, and now you're going down the right road. Find somebody like that, spend your life with them. I mean, you got to be attracted to them and, You gotta enjoy conversation or hanging out or if you guys don't like to talk, you you gotta enjoy being around one another while you don't talk, right? Find somebody that's in love with Jesus. I want my kids to have that experience that we're bringing our family and I, I want that for you, serving all of these things. But the greatest challenge is not what our families see us do in church, it's what our families see us do when we're out of church. And, and this was the problem that Amron and Jacobed were facing with Moses, because their problem wasn't in the church, their problem was now in life. Culture was attacking their personal life. Culture and, and, and the, the legal system was attacking their person. Now listen, it's one thing. Look, I, I want everybody to be treated fairly. I want everybody to be treated good. But when you start telling me how that I'm going to raise my family, then we're going to have a problem. When you tell me what it is that I have to preach in my church, well, it's really not my church. It's a Lord's church. I'm just stewarding. It. I want to hand. I'm more concerned about him than I am of a mayor or a governor or a president. Right? But listen, if they say, you got to preach this or we're going to take your church, enjoy the mortgage payments. Go for it. We'll find some other place. the culture and the moment pushed in on amron and Jacobed, and this was the kind of people that that they were they had to rise up and they had to look at this baby and they had to say it's time for us to make a choice now they kept that baby until that baby was three months old and you can't get a baby not to cry i mean some babies don't cry and then some babies cry I know that I've, I've been around a lot of babies, been pastoring in church with babies, I've had all kinds of different policies for babies in church. Look, we try everything, you try everything. Babies will cry when they want to. And you wish you could. You wish you could walk through Walmart and just be in the middle of an aisle after having a bad day and you're hungry or you have to use the bathroom and you just fall on the floor and start crying. Wouldn't that be awesome? what babies do i think i think moses parents said we've taken him as far as we can at any moment there could be a at the door and a police officer there and discovers that we have a male baby under the age of two we got to do something with this baby and so they said lord we took him as far as we could take him now we're going to put him in your hands and so they put little baby moses in a little basket. And they floated that basket out into crocodile-infested Nile River and said, God, we trust you. We trust you with this baby more than we trust, more than we're afraid of the king. Little baby Moses floated down the river. And guess what was going on on that day? Down the riverbanks was Pharaoh's daughter. Now, I don't know why she wasn't bathing in the palace. You know, Egypt was the wealthiest country on the planet at this time. And you know, she had all the servants and attendants that she could possibly want. Maybe she just wanted to get away from it all. Maybe she was mad at her dad for this terrible decree. Would you like to be the son son or daughter of a Hitler? I wouldn't. So maybe she was getting away. So here she is out on the riverbank, and here comes a little baby in a basket. And she picks up that little Hebrew baby boy. And she knew this was a Hebrew baby boy. You know how I know that? Because Hebrew baby boys were circumcised on the eighth day. And so here's this little circumcised baby. The Egyptians weren't. She picks up this baby, a forbidden baby. And she says, I'm going to raise this baby. Wow. You know what the cooler thing is? is that when when Moses' mom and dad put him into the river, Moses' older sister, Miriam, ran down the riverbank watching that little basket, dodging behind the trees, looking over the cattails and the willows and all of that stuff. And see, and she saw that basket float up. She saw Pharaoh's daughter pick up that little baby and she went up, because kids will say anything they want to anybody. You know that, right? Don't take them into public. They'll embarrass you all. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're doing just fine. Little Johnny's like, no, we're not. Mama yelled at daddy the whole way over here. You know, they will say and do anything they want. Little Miriam looked up at Pharaoh's daughter and said, wow, you're going to keep that baby? She said, yes, I am. I'm going to raise this baby. And she said, well, you probably need a, a babysitter or you need a nursemaid. And she said, well, yes, I guess I do. And Miriam says, wait right here. I think I know just the person. And Miriam runs back over and she says, hey, mama, you know, my little brother, you know, your son, Moses, guess who got Moses? Pharaoh's daughter and she's gonna keep them and she needs a babysitter or a nursemaid and she's looking for somebody mama You should go apply for the job She went down. She applied for the job. She got the job and Pharaoh paid uh, Amron and Jacobed to raise their own son How awesome is that by faith God can do anything he wants anytime he wants anywhere he wants and for any reason Now, you know, I think about that whole situation and think about how that Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's daughter scooped up that little baby boy that was circumcised who was marked. You know what that circumcision was for? He was branded by his parents and by the rabbi or by the priest that he was in covenant with God. Just think about that for a second. Every time a Hebrew boy gets in the shower, he is reminded that he is in covenant with the true and living God. Every moment of his day, he is reminded that he comes from somebody, from a people that are people of purpose and a people of destiny. Just think about that for a second. Because some of you have your kids in public schools and things are being taught in those public schools that violate... This book, you know, more and more we teach less and less of reading, writing, and arithmetic, and we teach more and more of opinion and indoctrination of somebody's ideology that's not yours. Which in my opinion, that's meddling. That's not your business, none of your beeswax, none of your business. You know, I want to form my kids. I want to talk to my kids about these things. You know, it's not just Christian schools. I mean, it's not just public schools. It's Christian schools too. Or maybe you're concerned that your kids are running around with the wrong crowd. What are you going to do? Let me tell you, don't worry. Don't be afraid. If God can take care of Moses being raised in Pharaoh's palace, And you can be okay with where you are too. You know why? I mean, that is at least assuming that you have branded and marked your children, that you have trained them up in the way they should go. Now, it's not a smooth, easy road raising kids. Don't you know that? Do you understand that? They're expensive. You sleep deprived. Their brains are not The hemispheres of their brains are not connected until age 25, which is why car insurance goes down at that point. And it seems like for boys, maybe it's a little bit longer because, is that true? Okay, I'm going to take your word for it, right? I've Google diagnosed myself a few times, so I'm not totally without experience, okay? It isn't always going to be easy. But I know this, if God's word is true, if you will train up a child in the way he should go, then when he's old, he won't depart from it. I'm gonna finish that story next week. I'm not gonna be, I couldn't get to it in the nine o'clock service. We're gonna get to it next week, that part. But I would just say, mom, dad, get your kids in church gather them around and read the bible together pray together have conversations about the lord together i mean you don't have to like browbeat them but walk with them then when they have questions talk to them about their questions and leave. it's a journey it's a journey and at some point by the power of the holy spirit the work of jesus christ in their lives They will come to an understanding of who Jesus is and who they are, and they will place their trust on Jesus. But they gotta be marked. Son, daughter, as you go out, as you go off to school, as you go out on this date, as you go hang out with your friends, as you're going over to your friend's house, remember who you are. Remember who you are. I was told, you're a Johnson, you better act like it. You, you put your own name on it. You put your own name on it. You're, just not, you're not just a anybody, you're somebody. Man, I'm just having a talk here today. I'm just wanting to talk to you a little bit here today because there is a path and we don't have to surrender to whatever pressure is coming our way. We are not just placed in this thing to float. Al- Look, any old dead fish can float with the current, but it takes something that's alive to swim upstream. God has purposed us. He has created us. He has a plan for us. He has a destiny for us. When the culture presses in, you stand up. When, when, the, when the government presses in, you stand up. When your spouse presses in, you stand up. When your neighbors condemn, when your neighbors look down on you, when people say uh, and, and accuse and, and cancel, whatever it is they do, you don't worry. Just as long as you're on the Lord's side, it's going to be okay. Lord, which side? Lord, you're on my side. No, it's not like that. we got to be on the side of the Lord. And if we're on the side of the Lord, it doesn't matter what the Pharaoh says. Pastor, I, I, don't, I don't know that I see miracles like what you're talking about. You know, uh, a basket in the Nile River. This kind of deliverance. You never know what God can do until you trust Him to do what only God can do. God is not feeble. He's not like us. He doesn't get older with his knees aching and his joints aching. That's not how God works. God doesn't forget things. He doesn't need our help across the street. We don't have to ask for miracles that we know that God can answer or has already kind of answered to set him up so that he can win. But we can ask him for the impossible. God, won't you raise up a champion in the middle of Egypt? God, won't you deliver my three boys from the furnace? God, won't you do it? If he's done that, why can't he handle our kids in our life? Faith does that. You wanna be great? You want Christian greatness? You gotta have faith. You gotta trust the Lord to do what he said he would do there's nothing more frustrating than being on a team with someone that feels like they're the only one that could get the job done and they never trust their partners to do what they're supposed to do it'll stunt growth how in the world can we engage with god like that like we're going to handle our stuff and we're going to handle his stuff god i've done everything i know to do i don't know what else to do by faith we take our child and we take our basket And we put it out into the current of God's hand. And we say, God, I trust you. And that's where the miraculous happens. This is a house of miracles. This is a kingdom of miracles. This is a family of miracles. But we have to have faith. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.